We have an anchor that keeps the soul steady. The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. We're going to be looking today at Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to be looking specifically at verses 13 and 14. I want to read for you what Paul says to the church at Philippi. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's really hard for me to believe that 2018 is about to be history. And I would imagine that some of you feel the same way. I've often heard it said that as you grow older in life, time seems to move at a much more rapid pace. I remember when I was just a young fella, and it seemed like time was in a standstill, so to speak. And now it seems as if it moves at warp speed. And so I think about how quickly life passes us by. And I would hope and pray that 2018, was a great year for you. I understand that for some, 2018 has been a very tough year. There have been setbacks, illnesses, disease, adversity, a lot of problems. And so as we embark upon a new year, my hope and prayer is that all of us can enjoy a great year. And I know sometimes it's easier said than done. But I do think that there are some principles that can help us as we set sail into the new year. And I want to think for a minute or two about some of the principles that will help us as we go forward in 2019. And I would hope and pray that as we go forward into this new year, that we will do our best to make every single day count and to make this a great year. So I want to think about what Paul said to the church at Philippi, and I want to begin. There are really three basic things, and what we're going to be talking about today is so simple. And... I really believe that if we'll take these principles and make application, then we can go a long way in making 2019 a great year. And it all begins with a mindset to make it a great year. In other words, to some extent, it's what you want it to be. And so if you want it to be a great year, it can be a great year. And I understand there are some things that are out Inside the realm of our control. But a lot of what we're talking about, it really begins and ends in the mind. So first, what I want to say is we need to look back. Listen again to what Paul said, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. 
So first, look back. As we think about going forward into the new year, I think it's helpful sometimes to look back, and that's what Paul is saying. And I think that there are two main truths that we want to consider first and foremost. First, learn from the past. Now you think about all of the experiences that you have had throughout life up until this point in time. And then think specifically about 2018. What are some things that you have learned that are specific to you individually? So you ask the question, okay, what have I learned? Are there some things that I can learn from past events? Let's just think for a minute or two about a couple of possibilities. First, first our trials, our tears. Have you faced adversity over the course of this past year? Are there things that have made life, as you know it, extremely difficult? For many, it has been a tough year. And there have been adversities and setbacks and trials and tribulations and tears without number. So what have you learned from it? What have you taken away from it? You know, James said in James chapter 1, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That passage is perplexing in many ways, isn't it? I mean, count it joy when I fall into difficult times in life. I think what James is saying is, in the moment, it's not joyful to experience trials and tribulations in life. But after having, after having experienced the storm, and having come out on the other side, are there some things that I can learn? Can I be joyful about what I have learned from those adversities? You remember in Romans chapter 5, Paul talks about tribulation. And he said, tribulation works perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. You know what Paul's saying there? Tribulation tends to breed a persevering spirit because only those who get through tough times persevere in many, in, in many respects. And then he's saying that those difficult times in life, when we go through, as many of us have said in days gone by, the, the school of hard knocks, those difficult times in life Build character, don't they? That's what Paul's saying. And so as you think about the past and learning from the past, are there trials that you have experienced that when it's all said and done, the smoke clears, you can look back and say, okay, here's some things I've learned. I would hope and pray that above everything, we have learned to trust God more. You remember Solomon, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. Do you remember Job in the long ago? Job faced so much adversity in life. And Job said, 
with clarity of mind, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. To trust God. Now there are a lot of lessons that we learn from trials in life, but to trust God. And then what about our triumphs? Learning from the past. Isn't it true that we can learn from the triumphs of life? Wouldn't it be great if we could always live on the mountaintop? I mean, wouldn't it be great to ride that wave of success day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out? Go back and look at some of God's great servants in the past. David was victorious time and again, wasn't he? I think about when David stood face to face and toe to toe with Goliath and was victorious. I think about not just David, but some of the other great servants of God. Elijah, for example. Do you remember when he had that showdown on Mount Carmel? Victorious to ride that crest of success. Now, you know, sometimes we look back and we think about the past. Learning from our trials, but also learning from our triumphs. What was it that I did that led to that victory? What principles did I follow to get me to the mountaintop? I mean, think about, think about athletic teams that are successful. There are certain principles, there is a process that they follow which enables them to succeed. By the same token, are there not things in life that if we will follow certain things, we can be successful? For example, following God's Word. I mean, isn't there a plan of success? You remember Joshua? In Joshua chapter 1, when God said to Joshua in the long ago, okay, Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay in my word, to meditate on it day and night, not deviate to the right, to the left. And he said, you'll make your way prosperous. And he said, you will have good success. So learning from the past. And then here's the second principle. Let go of the past. And that's tough, isn't it? Learning to let go. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. I want to ask you a question. What can you change about 2018? Things that happened back in the spring, can you change those things? Can you change what happened in the summer and the fall, etc.? So what about letting go of the past? Let me just suggest to you that we need to learn to let go of our faults and our failures. And they go hand in hand, don't they? You know, as a child of God, Paul is writing to Christians here. And I think about as a Christian how we're not perfect. We strive for perfection. We strive to live in such a way so that God's well pleased with our lives. And we're doing our best to walk in the light as John talked about in 1 John chapter 1. But there are times in life when we we don't measure up. We're not what we ought to be. We stumble and fall. And so 
as a Christian, when we stumble, when we fall, when we look back and we think about our faults and our failures in life, and the fact that God has said, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If God has forgiven what we've done in the past, if He has forgiven our faults and our failures as His people, then the real question is, why have we not forgiven ourselves? Because that happens, doesn't it? Do you remember David in the long ago, we talk about learning from the past and then letting go. Look at David. David, David was a spiritual giant. He achieved great things in life. He was the renowned king of Israel. Best king they ever had. And yet you and I well know that David sinned. Grievously. And David poured his heart out to God, didn't he, in the long ago? Psalm 51, against you and you only have I sinned. What about Peter? Do you remember the apostle Peter time and again got himself in trouble? I think about as Jesus was going through the ordeal of the cross and here is Peter denying the Lord Jesus. What about Paul? In Philippians chapter 3, Paul makes mention of the fact that he had persecuted the church, verse 6. So why do I bring these examples up? Because when you look at the life of a David, look at the life of a Peter or a Paul, they were great men, but they were not perfect. They had their failures, they had their faults, and what they had to do is what we have to do, and that is we've got to learn to let go of the past. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we hold on to the past and we continue to beat ourselves up over and over and over again. And the question is, what good's that? You know, there are some things that we have absolute control over and then there are other things we have no control over. I would encourage you, as you think about your faults and your failures, if you've asked God to forgive you as a child of God and He has forgiven you, then you need to learn to forgive yourself. You remember Paul said the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. He said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul recognized his imperfections, his faults and his failures when he was immersed in Christ, all of his sins were washed away. And you look at his life and you recognize here's a guy that had, had to deal with his past. Could he learn from his past? Yes. Did he need to let go of his past? Absolutely. Sometimes what we need to do is learn to let go of the past. Let it go. You can't control it. Think about it like this. Take two sheets of paper. Write down on one sheet of paper the things that you have control over. On the other sheet of paper, write down things that you have absolutely no control over. Take the sheet that you have no control over, wad it up and throw it in the can. You can't do anything about it, can you? Let it go. That's what Paul's saying. Forgetting those things which are behind. Now, there's a second thing. First, he said, we need to look back, but then secondly, look forward. Listen to him again. Brethren, I did not count myself to have apprehended. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are 
ahead. A couple of thoughts here. Paul here says, as a Christian, we need to look forward, look ahead. Is it not the case that over the course of 2019, there will be a lot of opportunities A lot of opportunities to grow in the name of Christ. You think about where you were, spiritually speaking, at the beginning of 2018. I would hope over the course of the last 12 months, you have made some progress. That you're stronger, you're more steadfast. I would hope that as you look back over the past 12 months, you can see that as a child of God, you've made progress. And I think what Paul is saying is that as a Christian, we have to be goal-oriented. That requires direction, and it requires discipline, doesn't it? Now, if you want to succeed in life, if you want to get to a certain place in life, don't you have to have a plan? If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a goal, then you're not going to hit anything. So what about this idea of direction? What about the need for direction in life? Well, sit down and think about where you want to be spiritually at the end of this next year. What are some of your goals? Do you want to be a better student of Scripture? Do you want to know more about what God has said in His Word? It's going to take, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. <clears throat> I mentioned discipline a moment ago. You know, back in the book of Ezra in chapter 7, the Bible talks about, Ezra talks about himself. And he said he prepared his his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. So here's a guy saying, you know what? I've made preparation. I've got a plan of action and I'm going to pursue that. And so I think about growing in Christ We all want to grow closer to the Lord in the coming year. So how are we going to do that? Is it possible? The answer is yes. Remember James said, draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. But you've got to have a plan. You've got to develop some type of plan to get to where you want to be. So I think about growing, the opportunity to grow in the name of Christ in the new year. And then the opportunity to go in the name of Christ. There are a couple of things that we can do to make a difference in the world. Don't you want to make a difference in the world? Wouldn't wouldn't you like to think that you have made a profound difference in the lives of people? That somehow you have left the world a better place? I, I don't know what kind of legacy you want to leave behind. But I think about every single day We have so many opportunities before us. Opportunities to make a mark on the world. 
to make a difference in the lives of people, to make a difference in the life of one. Look, if we just help one person, we've helped one person. And you know what? If you look at Jesus, one person at a time, he made a difference. Go back and look at the times that Jesus spent with just one person. And note, if you would, the radical difference he made in their, in their lives. The woman at the well, do you remember her? Do you remember when she went back to her own people, the Samaritans, and said, come see a man that's told me everything I've ever done? Do you remember Jesus when he saw Zacchaeus in a sycamore tree and he said, come down, Zacchaeus, I need to abide in your house? Jesus made an impression on Zacchaeus. He made an impression on the woman at the well. In John chapter 9, we read about a man that was born blind. This guy didn't know anything about Jesus. And after having received sight, the Bible says that Jesus asked him, do you believe in the Son of God? He said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? And Jesus identified himself as the Son of God, and he said, I believe. So you think about how you can make a difference in the life of one person, whether it's a child, a sibling, a mate, a friend, a classmate, a co-worker, whatever. You have the ability to make a difference in this world. And think about our world. Look at, our, look at, look at America. We're in trouble in this country, aren't we? Bad trouble. And you look at, at all the problems that we face in this country. Many of the problems that we're facing in this country go all the way back to the home. That's where the root of the problem lies. Didn't Solomon say righteousness exalts a nation? Sin is a reproach unto any people. Didn't he say that in Proverbs, 13, uh, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34? Look at how sin has wrecked the world. And look at how sin has wrecked America. I think about the apostles. In Acts chapter 17, when Paul and Silas went to the city of Thessalonica, the charge was made, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. The world needs to be turned upside down, and you can do it. How? One person at a time. Through your influence. Listen to what Paul said, Philippians chapter 1, look at verse 27. Paul said, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Look at chapter 2, verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. He said, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now you think about it. As a child of God, we can share our faith with others, can't we? We talk about sharing our faith and then being shining lights of the faith. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill. He would say, let your light so shine before men. You can make a difference. We can all make a difference. In the world today, the world needs us to make a difference. And so I think about looking back, looking forward, and then looking upward. Listen to what he says in verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Two things here. First, stay focused 
on the blessings of being in Christ. I think sometimes where we miss it in life, we think about what we don't have as opposed to what we have. And you think about how blessed you are as a Christian. Paul said that all spiritual blessings reside in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. In Ephesians 2, he talks about the exceeding riches of His grace and kindness. Did you know that as a child of God, you're rich? That's what Paul's saying. We're rich. We are so blessed. And so what Paul is saying is you've got to stay focused. You've got to stay focused. You've got to think about all the blessings that you enjoy in Christ Jesus. And then the blessing of one day being with Christ. You know, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, Paul said, For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain, to depart and be with Christ is far better. I get how we don't like to think about our mortality. The hard truth of the matter is there are a lot of folks that began 2018 with us that aren't here. They didn't make it. Some have gone to be with the Lord. I remember several years ago, I was at home, it was about midnight. It was New Year's Eve. And I remember I got a text, and it was from Eddie Archer. And it was the year Andrew had died. And Eddie said, I hate to leave Andrew behind as we embark upon a new year. And I got that. And we've lost some folks over the past year, one of which, and it's true, the Lord willing, we will transition to 2019. But to remember, we didn't really lose those people. I mean, I, I know from a physical standpoint, they're not with us. But they're with us, if you know what I mean. We haven't forgotten them. And we won't forget them. And you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, and Paul's talking about, look, my goal is to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Don't you want to go to heaven one day? And don't you think one of the things that's going to make heaven so great is to be with There's some folks that are on the other side. I look forward to seeing one day. So stay focused and stay faithful. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let, don't let the trials of life don't let the trials of life rob you of your blessings. Don't let temptations in life rob you of your blessings. Trials will come. Temptations will come. Don't let them, don't let them destroy your faith in God. Stay true. Stay faithful. Stay focused. In closing today, I want to say, as Solomon said many years ago, who knows what a day may bring forth. We look forward to 2019 with great anticipation. And my prayer for you is 2019 will be the best of the best of the best. But whether 2019 is good or bad, only the Lord, will, only the Lord knows. 
But I think we can determine in our own mind we're going to make it the best it can be. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, why not start 2019 in the family of God? What would you need to do? Well, it's very simple. First, believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God, John 8, 24. Repent of all of your sins, as Jesus said in Luke 13. Confess his name before others, like the eunuch did in Acts 8, 37. And then be immersed in water. And rise to walk in newness of life, Acts 22, 16. If you'll do that, God will put you in the church. And the church is where the saved reside. And the assurance is that if you live faithfully until death, he will bestow on you the crown of life to Stephanos. Paul said that he pressed forward, pressing on to that prize. Won't it be great to be in heaven one day? To be with all the saints of days gone by. To be free from sickness and illness and disease and death and all the horrible things of life. To be in a place that we'll call home forevermore. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love